The following resource is presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to ZPod, an outreach ministry of Identity Matters podcast. ZPod is focused on addressing the worldview issues relating to the millennial generation and their children, Generation Z. Our new podcast series reveals the importance of the indwelt believer knowing and understanding who they are in Christ. Thank you for joining us today and welcome to ZPod with Dr. Stephen Finney. Welcome, podcast listeners. We are about to cover a topic tonight that is probably alarming to many nominal Christians that are listening. In fact, there are probably many dedicated Christians that are listening tonight that have never really had a message delivered to them on the demonic realm that exists around us today. There are many scriptural passages that we're going to be covering. I cannot read them all, but they are embedded into the PDF that is next to your audio button on the podcast. So we encourage you to open up that PDF so that you can see the exact slides that we are presenting to our local body here tonight. Look up those verses. See, read for yourself by the Spirit revealing to you that this demonic world does exist. I am not a demon behind every bush pastor. Anyone who knows me knows that. But I will be addressing this particular aspect to our series, hard-handed, immovable, and focused in such a way that the Issues that are related to the demonic world need to be dealt with in a person's life. I do need to give a warning to our listeners. Out of all the theologians that I have talked to, and even authors of books that have written sound theological books on the demonic realm, have said to me personally and warned me that when a topic like this is covered, The human mind has the tendency, that is, if you are a nominal Christian, will have the tendency to tune it out. It's like a teenager who is being lectured to, and the parent is pouring everything they can into that training moment with that child, and that child is tuning you out. That is where this numbing mind is developed in our children is they don't want to hear poignant truth that is so directive that there's no way of getting around it. So they turn you off. This is what the average Christian has done in the world today to the living God. They even have a hard time reading their Bibles because there's too many absolutes in the Bible. 
That is the second concern, if you remember, by those of us who are researching this generation. And I want to put a heavy emphasis on the Barnett Group. And we gather much of our statistics from their hard work. And we have found that the number two thing that this particular generation is suffering with, and that is the belief in absolute truth. There are Christians walking in and out of the churches today who cannot even give me a well-defined answer to what absolute truth is. And if you think it's just speaking the truth, you're one of them. Demons speak truth. And it doesn't grant them salvation. So how is it that demons believe that there is one God, but humans don't? Isn't that a little odd to you? The whole demonic realm, however many of those characters there are, I'm sure there's myriads upon myriads of them. A myriad for you young people is a thousand. And I'm sure there are myriads of them. And every single one of them, including their master, his name is Satan. Satan means serpent of darkness. Each of them actually are obligated by the living God to believe that there is one God. But yet humans have developed a a movement throughout the entire world that there's more than one God. So how is it really that demons, our greatest enemy, can believe in a sound doctrinal truth, will not refute it, dare not refute it, but humans do? That makes us more stupid than a demon. That's right out of Jeremiah. There is a grave danger in humans adopting doctrines of God and interpreting them by self-governed thinking. This is why we have over 3,000 denominations in the world today. Where humans are grabbing a hold of sound doctrines and twisting them up and rearranging them, and liquidating them, and putting them back into the church as doctrines, and forming a whole new branch of Christianity called denominations. There are Christians who are willing to defend their church doctrines over the Word of God. There are denominations, there's a church in this community who made a public statement that they no longer believe in the absolute word of God or the Bible being the absolute word of God. How could that happen when demons would refuse to make such a statement? Humans truly have become more stupid than demons. 
Now, if you're offended by my blunt talk, you can turn the podcast off now because I'm just getting warmed up. I have no respect for the demonic world, but I do have a respect for the power that has been limited and given to them. But when it comes to renouncing and standing against their deceptions, I get a little amped up. So stay with us, those of you who have a strong interest in hearing the truth tonight. Today's message is called Forms of Demonic Affliction. Now here's actually the verse that I was sharing in our opening statement from. James chapter 2 verse 19, it says, You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe. And they shudder. Now I'm going to give you the Greek and Hebrew definition of shudder in a little bit. But I want you to just kind of get a mental picture of the difference between the demonic world and their interaction with the one God and the humans. Here these demons also believe in one God. There's no atheism allowed in that statement. They believe, but yet they shudder. Just by acknowledging that one profound doctrinal truth, they start shuddering. That means fearing until one cannot stand. Just the ideology of them knowing and believing that there is only one God shakes the foundation of their very being. But what do humans do? Their minds go numb. They're not afraid anymore. They've got evil things labeled psychobabble issues. They have evil labeled as simply things from the medical world, sciences that have somehow not taken care of them the way that they hoped. We have labeled it all in the sciences in some fashion or another. We have taken out the sting of demonic deception. Why do we do this and why did we do this? Because you don't want to be afraid that there actually might be a spirit world that is around you speaking lies into your consciousness. You don't want to look at that because that's actually the real deal. So therefore we have a problem. We have a world now that is actually conducted and functions by labels. Depression, anorexia, bulimia, addictions. The list is so long it's embarrassing. So instead of calling it what the scriptures call it, we have put labels on these afflictions. And so when you have to address this affliction, 
you're going to go and get some kind of treatment that deals with your label. If you have to actually look at the source of what is happening to you, it could cause you to shudder as well. But that's not going to happen. Statistics are showing us that fewer Christians every day are believing in a spirit world. Statistics are showing us that fewer people actually believe there is a Satan. Statistics have shown us that fewer Christians today than in any generation in history, in church history, actually believe in a hell. Statistics are showing us that very few churches are preaching hellfire and damnation sermons anymore. Statistics are showing us that there are very few true revivals taking place in the world today. Why is this? Because you are finding your source of comfort in the resources and the healings of your labels. Because when you get a label, you get medicine attached to it. Do you not? We're in the process of doing surveys worldwide on how many people are on some type of medicine for emotional issues. It's a lot. Right, Dr. Tina? Well, I want the statistics. The word pharmakia in the Greek means what? What's that? Sorcery or witchcraft. Pharmakia is where we get pharmacy. You think Satan puts on his black hood, gets a little blood dripping out of the side of his mouth, and has tiger fangs hanging out of his mouth and comes scares the hell into you? That's called Halloween. That's not the real world, spiritual world around us. He's far more clever in his deceptions. He goes through the sciences to produce his deception. Now, I'm not against good medicine, believe me, being a heart patient myself. I'm talking about people that are using the medical world for excuses and resources of healing for a different type of problem. How many Christians today are quick to run to the body of Christ when they're suffering illness versus quickly running to your doctor for a pill? The statistics would probably alarm you. Body life praying is on the descent like never before in church history. Now I know that there's congregations listening worldwide that don't buy into that, and you're very quick to pray for people who are sick and keeping to the biblical mandate of bringing them to the church, having the elders pray over them so that they may be healed. But those of you who are doing that and practicing that, you need to understand you are a rare breed today. 
Now we've laid the foundation of what we need to talk about. Here's our three objectives. Demons are represented as evil spirits subject to Satan or under his control and engaged with him in carrying out his plans of pluralism. Someone please remind us what pluralism is. Many gods. Pluralism is a belief that is not only the number one issue that was noted by the Barna Group and other researchers as the leading problem with this generation, Gen Z. And that is the deception of pluralism. That there are more than one God. But yet our baseline scripture for tonight is demons believe in one God and they shudder. But humans do not. The greatest movement in the world today is Christianized pluralism. Some churches have made Jesus to be some kind of healing freak that is constantly wanting to function in spiritual gifts. Some have made him an intellectual. But the real Jesus is ready to carry out the will of his Father at any time, night or day. And yes, sometimes that includes healing. And other times it is simply meditating upon the Word of God. Whatever it is his Father has commissioned him to do through the believer. Pluralism leads to singularity. That's the irony of this. So when you have multiple gods entering the church today, yes, I know churches that have the Koran in their pews and also the Holy Bible. It's a growing movement. It's called Chrislam. One of the fastest growing religions in the world today. How can this be? It's pretty simple. You see, multiple paths are going to lead to one God someday. And if you've done any reading of the book of Revelation, you're going to know very quickly that Satan is at the top of that mountain. Ultimately, he's going to bring all those pathways unto himself. And God the Father is the God of the universe, and there's only one path. Singularity, one path. Someone want to tell me the Bible verse that says that? For I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one It's a single pathway. Singularity is the answer to world control. Satan himself knows this. So the way you deceive the people is in plurality. Let them choose their own God, their their own idols. Because ultimately I'm going to swing all those paths around to one single God. So in the end, the battle, which many call the Battle of Armageddon, is going to be a fight 
over that final hill on Zion. Jerusalem is such an incredible, significant piece in the world today. It's no wonder that squatty little country gains the attention of the news anytime they make a move. It is the capital, hell, that all this is going to finish on. And we know who's going to win. But it will be two gods in the face-off. The temporary God of this world and the God of the universe. So plurality is singularity in its final finish. Tonight we're going to talk about demons believe in one God. Number two, man believes in pluralism. And number three, forms of demonic attacks. One of the great and indwelling doctrines of the Christ life is the belief in one God. It's where everything starts. Everything. If you come up against someone who is calling themselves a Christian and they don't believe in one God, they are a liar and the truth is not in them. It is the foundation that opens the door for salvation. So there are thousands, if not millions, of people walking the face of the earth calling themselves Christians, and they do not believe in the opening doctrine of salvation that even demons believe. In James chapter 2, verse 19, Jesus' half-brother seems to have selected one primary doctrine of eternal significance. The belief of which, if embraced, could save the soul and show evidence of faith in Christ. And it would lock in true salvation. Of course, that's the indwelling life of Jesus Christ. James selects, therefore, a great fundamental doctrine of Jesus' faith in his Father. The one God. The one Father. You see, this is his belief that he is locked into. And because he is locked into this one God, this one Father, this one belief, this opening statement, we are given the right and the privilege to join him in his beliefs. I don't need to know what I believe. I need to know what Jesus believes. Not only in his Father, but in eternity. And he went through unbelievable pain and effort to record testimonies. Just a few, by the way. You think this is all of who God is? You would be very wrong. This is just a few testimonies of the evidence of what Jesus Christ has in faith and belief in his Father, which gave us the open door for salvation. So when we look at the question of why is it that man has become trapped by pluralism, when the whole eternal realm that is around us and beyond 
is based on this one single doctrine. It's the only thing that is recorded in scripture that we know of that causes demons to shudder. Why this one? Why not the one of Jesus died on the cross for our sins? Why wouldn't that cause them to shudder? I think it would. It did not. This one shakes them at their core. We need to examine why that's true. Since Satan and his demons believe that there is only one God, it becomes self-evident that within the demonic realm, there's no conflict of belief. No conflict of belief. In the basic foundation of who God is and what position he holds. And here I have a stack of research on my desk that proves the number one thing this generation is fighting today is the extreme opposite of what I just read you. The most dangerous thing of eternity is the human mind. That's it. I could quit the message now. The human mind is so volatile and fear-bound that an enemy sneaking in and using techniques to deceive such an intellectual mind, a self-governed, self-thinking mind, those are the easiest people on the face of the earth to deceive, are self-thinkers. How can you get a self-thinker to release the mind of Christ that lives within you? You can make proclamations every single day of your life that you're an indwelt believer and quote the scriptures that say Christ is in you and it will do nothing for you. God does not transform a life from external to internal. God transforms a life from internal to external and he does it through the renewal of the mind. So we have to ask, what's the source of this renewal? Who has this power to renew our minds, our self-governed, self-thinking, selfish minds? The most dangerous component of eternity it's going to take someone else's mind far more powerful and significant than these tissue brains that we have today. I know who it is. It's the mind of Christ. If you don't think there's not any passages actually telling us, do you not know that you have the mind of Christ living within you? Yes, Paul, I know that. It's where I get my renewal of mind, for the dominance of one mind is the only source to renew another. That could be your best friend. It could be someone you're listening to online. It could be any source. It takes a dominant mind to renew or to control another mind. 
You just have to ask the question, what dominant mind am I allowing to control my self-governed, self-life, self-ish mind? I don't have the right to interpret doctrines. I've only been given the right to receive them. Demons know that. You have no ability or power to come up with a religion because any religion you create this afternoon is going to lead to one singular God in the end. Call it anything you want. Psychology. Call it some Eastern religion. Call it stretching your legs in yoga. Call it anything you want. But I can promise you before the Lord God tonight it will lead you to a singular God in the end. No idol shall remain on its own as a God in the end. It's a promise. God will deal with all of the idols of the past and present on one day in one swoop of his sword by destroying the God with a little g at the top of that pluralistic mountain that has thousands and myriads of pathways to the top. You must ask the question, listener, who is at the top of the mountain that you're on? I don't care about your religions. I don't care about your beliefs. I don't care about your denominations. I don't care about your books of proving things from the scriptures. What I do care about is which mountain are you on? And what mind are you staking claim to that has dominant power to control your mind? That will interest me. I am not to interpret the word of God. I am to inherit it. The word of God is a person, not a book. When I inherit and receive the life of Jesus Christ, I am inheriting the word of God. For the word of God came to dwell among us so that we may behold his glory. The glory of the only singular That only is one God. And it happens at salvation. These demonic believers are represented as evil spirits, subject to Satan, or under his control, and engage with him in carrying out the plans of pluralistic religions. The spirits or demons were destined to wander in deserted and desolate places Matthew 12:43 dwell in the atmosphere surrounding humans Ephesians 2:2 2, 2. they were allowed to have power of working miracles but not for righteousness Revelation 16:14 to be hostile toward humans John 8:44 To speak demonic wisdom, Acts 16, verse 17. And of course, it's the same thing in James 3. 
to manifest idols for the saved and the unsaved. If you're of some kind of childish thinking that indwelt believers cannot have idols in your life, it might be a good day to wake up. Idols are these individual pathways that you must ask the question, who's at the top of that mountain? They have the power and ability to possess the bodies of men and afflict the indwelt believer with various kinds of sickness. Matthew 7, 22. Why didn't Jesus send these sick people off to the physicians of their day? I call that a duh. What direction did Jesus go first when he was dealing with the sickness of men? He went after the leadership of demonic spirits. Called them out. Made them give their name. Send them into pigs. And drown the pigs. Why? Because some guy had a virus? Some guy had what we call today shingles? You see, that is bizarre today. If you saw that kind of thing happen Sunday morning in your church, you'd probably flip out and leave. That's why I don't think the real Jesus would be welcomed in the church today. I don't believe he would be welcomed. He knows the source of power that is controlling a human body. Now, I don't believe true adult believers can be possessed by a demon. Some of my charismatic fellowships, certain countries, I want you to 602 me. That's 602-292-2982. Text me on this one because I know you have firm beliefs in this. Because of some extreme views you might have on the quote-unquote charismatic movement. That is not how Jesus functions. He was not a charismatic son of God. Now, in the truest sense of the Greek word, he was charismatic, so am I. Having zeal for his father, I have zeal for him. But this is not extremes of believing that demons can inhabit something God sent his son to possess. I doubt that there is room for two masters living in one body. Do you know there's more Christ followers today that believe that demons can possess a human body and at the same time renounce the idea that Jesus Christ can actually live and dwell within a true believer. The theology of Christ actually living inside you is less popular than people believing that demons can possess a human body. That is sick. There's no other way to say it. It is sick. It's disgusting. For some reason, Jesus has been completely removed in his most powerful elements in the church today. 
indwelling a human body through the Holy Spirit. And they call people who are teaching true born-again movements heretics. When only a half a generation ago, it is what kept the church together. Ask Billy Graham when you get there. That was only a half a generation ago that we, as a world, believed in the power of a born-again experience and a crusade. I have a gentleman that I'm working with, and I know he's listening. He's invited me to speak at a crusade that he's putting together called an Identity Matters Crusade. Four countries he is united. He said there could be thousands upon thousands of people at this event. You need to come and give this message to our people because they will listen. But yet in America, it's very difficult to be able to preach with the boldness of the Holy Spirit because they don't believe anymore. Their brains are numb. I have testimonies sent to me through emails and text messages of people who have literally fallen on their faces before God in the middle of a podcast. Because the Spirit overwhelmed them with this truth that set them free, not the speaker. America truly is becoming impotent, spineless, lukewarm, and dangerous to the true church. The day is coming where our own people who call themselves Christians will be the ones persecuting the true believers. Very soon. Mark his words. You see, the spiritual world is alive. Much more alive than you give it credit for. So let's talk about the idea of demons versus men who believe in atheism. This is a paradox to me. It's beyond a paradox. How demons themselves will not make the mistake. These are demons who will not make the mistake of atheism. Someone please tell us tonight what atheism is. They would disagree with you on that, but that is the root. What would they say it is? There is no God. Okay, listener. Pray that the Spirit shakes up your numb brains. I have to do that often. I'm not insulting you. There are many times I spend 10 hours a day in assisting others worldwide with things that they're struggling with and building a system of education to help provide them resources to get out of their stinky thinking. And I get this numb brain thing going. I just don't have that sharp, acute edge anymore. 
and I have to kick back from my desk, walk around the room, and I have to pray that the renewal of mind takes over again. That a dominant mind takes over my frail mind. Remember when Paul said to Timothy that I need to come and lay hands on you again to do what? Kindle afresh the gift of God that is in you. There is only one way, according to scriptures, that that can happen for you. You have to go to an elder of a church. It took Paul coming to Timothy to lay hands on Timothy so that Timothy would be kindled afresh in the gift that God put inside him. The entire ministry that Paul worked on his entire Christian life was about ready to be handed over to one of his disciples, Timothy. And Timothy went to Numbrain. When you go into numbering mode, you are not inspired by any teacher. You are not inspired by the works of the Holy Spirit. You're not inspired by the Word of God much. You got a numb brain. Paul knew this of Timothy and he needed to come and lay hands on him because the Spirit of the living God revealed that to Paul, what was really going on. It wasn't sending him to the local physician, to get a pill on his depression. Depression is numb brain. Something's happened to neutralize your ability to discern. The workers of old knew where the source was, and they knew how to address it. And today we stuff a pill down someone's throat that has more More side effects than the one side effect, the singular side effect of the reason why they're taking the pill. Where's their logic in that? You know these commercials, toward the end of the commercial, someone's rattling real fast talking about you, homicide, suicide, you you may have kidney failure. And they go down this list and I sit there and I go, oh my God, I'll never take this medicine. And what were they suffering with? Joint aches. Really? But we buy it. That's how stupid humans are. And we all do it. Demons particularly believe in the existence of God. How far their knowledge may extend in respecting God in light of his position is the key question. Fact is, they are never represented in Scripture as denying his existence or as doubting the everlasting reality of Christ's life within believers. They are never described as atheists. That is a sin for those who are far more stupid than demons, humans. That's right out of Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 22, except for the prophet is actually speaking to the shepherds. I won't go into that because that's a sermon all by itself. They are represented as rebellious to the one God. 
That too is a primary sin he imposes on mankind and throughout the demonic sphere and domain, resulting in the evidence that mankind is born into Satan's domain, led by him, and uses humans as a manifestation portal or a revenge toward God because he's a one God. See, that's all Satan wanted out of this deal. He just wanted to be included in the big triune. And he stepped up to try to be as God, and that did not go well for him. And then when he was in the garden, his number one deception was really simple. It was the same one that he suffered with, and that is he deceived Eve into being like God. And it worked. Why? Because humans are basically stupid. Now those of you who have been listening to our podcast enough to know that I use the term stupid in its most objective in Hebrew fashion. Stupid is someone who knows the truth but does not contain the ability to carry it out. Stupid is as stupid does. Satan counts on this. So he can throw a pill at you that has 26 items listed as ramifications of one singular pain that you have in your elbow. And you'll buy it. You'll get to your doctor on Monday. That is extremely shocking to me as a preacher. There's a whole list of truths that we can teach just on people running off to comfort pills or comfort junkies with exercise or comfort junkies with food and diet and and whatever you want to add to the list. Now see, this source we've been talking about There is a Bible passage that talks about that those who focus on vegetables alone are suffering from demonic doctrines. Well, where do you read that in the medical books today? People are vegetarians and obsessing over diets and exercise right and left every day all day long there's institutions and buildings that are built for people who want to obsess on endorphins and it's not what the word of God calls it so analyzing the source becomes I think critical for us please remember to listen to part B of this podcast This resource has been presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. For more information about our ministries, visit us online at IOMAmerica.org. That's IOMAmerica.org.